This is the Beyond Belief Sobriety Podcast, where we examine topics of interest to people who seek a secular path to recovery from addictions of all sorts. Today's guest is Randy Havenson, who wrote a wonderful little book entitled The Ego Cleanse, Becoming Your Own Best Friend. In this book, Randy talks, writes about overcoming obstacles to building a healthy self-esteem. And I told him just before we started recording that, you know, it's about time we talked about this. It's been five years. We have never, ever talked about self-esteem on this podcast. So anyway, welcome to Beyond Belief Sobriety. It's nice to have you here, Randy. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And I'm so excited to talk about this topic with you. Well, I'm excited about hearing about it. Um, Why don't we start, if you don't mind, introducing yourself. I was going to introduce you just by reading the About Randy um, section in your book, but I thought, no, you're here. So why don't don't you introduce yourself? (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so... You know, I, I, you know, I'm a guest on a lot of different podcasts throughout the month, but I love doing the recovery and sobriety podcast because there is such a correlation between self-esteem and recovery and ego and sobriety and the difference between those and where I, where this all came from is my own personal experience. Uh, I'm in recovery. I got sober in May of 1984. Um, it was horrible. Hitting bottom was horrible. And that path down, uh, cocaine addiction, alcoholism, marijuana addiction, uh, my life was falling apart and I had no idea what it was. Never occurred to me that it was the drugs and alcohol. I got kicked out of college, uh, fired from a job delivering pizza and <laughs> sitting in my bedroom one night with a knife in my hand, debating which wrist to slice open first. Yeah. Cause I thought that was my only way out. And I ended up doing the most courageous thing I ever did in my life. I reached out for help. I called a hotline and I truly believe the woman who answered the phone that night saved my life. And that started my road to recovery. And it was not easy. That first year sucked. It was so difficult to unlearn all those things that I thought were reality and then building this new way up. Um, But in recovery, I got back into college and I got my bachelor's degree, went on for a master's degree, started working in the treatment field to begin with. Mm. But I knew, always knew I wanted more than that. And one day my mom's friend uh, was a vice principal at a high school and said, hey, would Randy come and share his story to our students? Because we're starting this Just Say No to Drugs program and we want someone who has some experience. Would Randy come and do the talk? So I I was like, sure, that's good service work. So my first presentation was in front of a thousand high school students who didn't want to be there. Oh, I was scared to death and I got up and I just started talking and I don't know what happened. Something clicked. And by the end of the presentation, they were all listening to me. And at the end I got a standing ovation. Ah. And it was the biggest rush I ever had. And I thought, okay, this is really cool. I want to do this some more. And that's when I started speaking more often. And then I went to work on college campuses. And and my my life journey has been phenomenal. Uh, But today, I'm an author. I wrote a couple books. Um, I am a speaker. I went and got a certificate as a life coach. Hmm. So I work with people one-on-one. Uh, but I only take like 10 clients at a time. I don't want to be overwhelmed with all that. I mm-hmm. like life balance. Mm-hmm. And my life is amazing today. And I look at all the things I have to be grateful for. And I really do 
when it comes to its core, I really, it comes down to self-esteem and learning how to feel good about who I am without defining myself by all this outside stuff. Yeah. You know, I am not a car. I'm not a number on a scale. I'm not a zip code. Mm-hmm. I am so much more than that. And I watch so many people are in our society, whether they're in recovery or not, who put so much weight on those outside things, which I believe reinforce the ego rather than build the self-esteem. Yeah. So my whole path has been about learning more about me and treating myself like my own best friend rather than my own worst enemy. And I just find all these amazing gifts just keep falling into my, my path as a result of treating myself well. What was it, Randy, if there was any one thing or was, was it just a period of time where you'd given it some thought that, that um, sparked your interest in focusing on self-esteem and building self-esteem and the importance of that? I think it happened. I was, I, I remember I was at a meeting one time and there was this guy, this old, you know, back then, this old guy, he was probably in his, you know, my age now, <laughs> and he always sat in the same chair with the big book right in front of him, and every week he always talked about the same thing, no matter what the topic was, he said the same thing, and and I have 22 years of sobriety, and I, <laughs> and I remember thinking, if that's what an old-timer is, right. I that. Yeah. And it was all his whole identity was wrapped up in I have 22 years and you need to respect me because of that. And I come here and I share and I thought there has to be more than that. Mm -hmm. And I looked at people who relapsed and people who stayed sober or clean. Mm -hmm. And I noticed the difference was how much they looked at how people viewed them. What are people going to think? And then one day, what really nailed it for me, I'm sitting at home, I'm watching TV and a commercial comes on and it says, do you want to feel better about who you are? Do you want to raise your self-esteem? Join the the hair club or whatever it was, (laughs) grow more hair and you'll have more self-esteem. And I thought, what? My (laughs) self-esteem depends on how many followers I have? And that just seems so ridiculous. That's when it clicked. And I started looking at, outside versus inside and how we judge ourselves and how we judge others and what are the criteria and how Madison Avenue spends billions of dollars a year making sure that we know if you buy this product over that product, you're going to feel better Buy this car. And it just, it made no sense to me. And I put this concept together and then I was speaking at a conference one year and I walked down a corridor and I saw some of the coordinators of the conference and they were talking and they were saying, Oh my God, one of the presenters didn't show up. We have a room full of people and no one to talk to them. (laughs) And I heard that and I said, Hey, I'll do a presentation for them. They're like, really? Do you have another one? I'm like, Oh yeah. And I didn't. (laughs) And they said, okay, well go in. It's that room right there. And on the way down, it's like, Oh my God, what am I going to talk about? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to talk about self-esteem mm-hmm. and this difference between ego and self-esteem. Yeah, that's and interesting. In and I did this whole program and I talked about ego and self-esteem and that they're not connected. They're on opposite ends of a continuum. And when you reinforce your ego, you're denying your self-esteem. When you build your self-esteem, you're denying your ego. And look at the words that you use that are obstacles that are in your way and the four parts of self and exercise and nourish the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And the whole time I'm doing this presentation in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, this is really good. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
oh, I got to remember this. Mm-hmm. And then after the presentation, I probably had a dozen people come up to me and say, oh, my God, can you come do this presentation on our campus? I was like, absolutely. And that's what started this self-esteem thing and realizing that it was time to share with the world that it's not about what we have. It's about who we are. Yeah, it's really an inside job, isn't it? The self-esteem yeah. is we don't get it from the outside. And, and, and there was something you wrote in the book, too, about, you know, um, someone who wins a lottery, for example. You know, you might win a lottery and... Um, be be miserable not 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 be happy at all and then mm-hmm. and then again you might still win the lottery and buy a nice car and have a nice house and 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 have self-esteem it's like that it's not related it's not related that there was something about that lottery winner you know before he won the he or she won the lottery that helped them maintain their self-esteem it had nothing to do with the money absolutely and i heard a statistic 80 percent of the people who won the lottery wish they never bought the ticket really Yep, because it changed their life so horribly that it, it ruined their lives. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So it's not about money. Yeah. But I found it interesting, your discussion about the difference between ego and self-esteem. And one reason I found it so interesting is I'm, I, my story is similar to yours. I, I got sober young, and it was in the 80s. And uh, the where I went uh, to meetings, it was really drilled to me that I really needed to smash my ego. My ego was just way out of hand. But um, I think that probably my my, my real problem was uh, more uh, low self esteem. In fact, I even had an employer at the time to, to diagnose me with that problem. <laughs> so, so can you talk a little bit about the difference between um, ego and self esteem? Oh, absolutely, yes. And, and they are opposites. When you have a big ego, you have low self-esteem. When you have high self-esteem, you tend to have a lower ego. And, you know, it, it, I believe it's on a continuum mm-hmm. that, you know, the more we go towards our addiction and the ego, the more we move away from our self-esteem. And, you know, the goal is always to attain pure self-esteem, but that's really, really hard to do. And I don't think I'm ever going to get there in my life. There's always some ego there, Mm. Um, you know, to do these kind of things, to do a podcast or a TV show Mm -hmm. or any of those, there has to be a little bit of ego. Yeah. Yeah. There has to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the critiques come, there's that little pain, but then I realize, you know what, they're criticizing my interview. They're not criticizing me. Right. So I realize that then I get back on the self-esteem thing. But I want to move closer to a higher sense of self-esteem, which means that it's not so much about what other people think of me. It's about what I think of myself. And am I a better person today than I was yesterday? So it's about the defining factors of who we are. Do we want to define ourselves by our car, our job? our zip code, the number on a scale. Oh, look at me. I go to the gym. Look how buff I am. Um, But what are you doing that for? You know, I go and I do my workouts because I want to be healthier. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter's 15 years old. I want to meet my grandchildren one day. I want my heart to be healthy. So I work out so that I am healthier. And and when I work out, it's good for me mentally and, and, uh, emotionally. So it's doing things not for the perception from other people, but how, what it's doing for us. Isn't that interesting? You know, I had an experience, um, years ago, I was in a, actually a group therapy and I smoked at the time mm-hmm. and my doctor, um, wanted to help build my self-esteem 
by um, quitting smoking. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that I quit smoking wasn't necessarily for my health. It was for how I felt about myself. And that yeah. was so cool. And mm-hmm. I tell you, it was really tough to quit smoking, huh. yeah. but I was able to do it. And I was focusing on doing something for myself. And it was just a really different thing. Plus, I had him encouraging me and helping me and supporting me. So it meant a lot. But that just what you said just kind of triggered that memory of, you know, doing something like that where I might might get some other reward benefit, but it's really the self-esteem that was helping me. It was my goal. Absolutely. But it was for your health. It was. Absolutely. And when we do things that positively nourish our, our physical self or our mental, emotional, or spiritual, that's when our self-esteem grows. So those are connected. When we do healthy things for ourselves, like quit drinking, quit smoking, um, lose those 10 pounds, not because you want to look good in, mm-hmm. in that outfit, but because we're going to be healthier. Right. You know, picture carrying around a 10-pound weight all day. Yep. You know, I've since I started my workout routine a couple of years ago, I've lost, I don't know, 23 pounds. Mm. And when I lift a 20-pound weight, I'm like, that's heavy. <laughs> wow. I was walking around with that extra weight. So, yeah, you know, I look in the mirror and it's like, ooh, I kind of like how I'm looking, but it's more about I'm healthier now than I was before. I can walk up a a flight of stairs without huffing a puff. And when I quit smoking, I noticed my skin was better. Oh, man, everything changes. Everything changes, (laughs) yes. So it does put you up that continuum towards a higher sense of self-esteem when you do those positive things for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And you talked about this continuum of um, self-esteem and um, ego and that it doesn't really, I think you said it doesn't really matter where you are on that continuum. And can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. As far it doesn't as- matter where you are. It matters which direction you're pointed in. Okay. Are you doing things today that are reinforcing your ego or are you doing things today that are moving you towards a higher sense of self-esteem? Because, you know, when I started, I was way down on the ego side. You know, if you want to look at, you know, zero to 100 scale, zero being pure ego and 100 being pure self-esteem, I probably started at 20, 10. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when I got sober every day, it was like 10 to 11, 11 to 11.5. You know, it was always moving. So building self-esteem, you don't go from 11 to 40. Right. You go from 11 to 12. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a slow process. And that's why a lot of people get impatient. It's like, why isn't this working? Mm-hmm. It's like, it is. You just have to be patient with the process. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to run three miles before you can run four. Mm-hmm. So it's being patient and loving and kind to yourself as you're building and realizing that I am going in the right direction. It's just going to take time. Yeah. You know, I remember I heard an interview with an ultra marathon runner one time. This is someone who is running a hundred miles when he would run a race. And I'm thinking, oh my, doesn't he have anything better to do? But my thought was, or, or not my thought, but I heard him and someone asked him, how do you maintain running a hundred miles at a time? And he said, I don't run a hundred miles. I run one mile, 100 times. Ah. I thought, oh, yeah, break it down into those little increments. And building self-esteem is the same way. You know, it's going to take time. And that's why I also talk about, you know, treating yourself like your own best friend rather than your own worst enemy. 
Because if you have a bad day, rather than, oh my God, I blew it. Oh, you're such a loser. I can't believe you did that. And knocking ourselves down, you know, to our best friend, we would say, hey, it's okay. So you made a mistake. That's all right. Let's keep going from here. Come on, you can do it. It was just one thing. Let's move forward. So it's about allowing yourself to be human, allowing yourself to make mistakes, but realizing that I do want a better life for myself. And I am going to work towards a higher sense of self-esteem. I want to learn how to do this. And a lot of it is, you know, you were talking about being in group therapy. I was in group therapy too. It's about being okay, asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's an ego thing saying I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody. I can do this. It's like um, the world's crumbling at your feet. You mm -hmm. are not doing a very good job. Of doing <laughs> right, this right, right. It's okay to ask for help. And part of self-esteem is knowing that building self-esteem is a we thing. Yeah. We do this together. You know, me and you talking here today, maybe we're going to make that difference for somebody who's listening in the audience. We do this not for our own satisfaction, I have things I can be doing right now. You have things you could be doing right now, but we're here to make that difference for other people, knowing that we were given this amazing gift and we have esteem today. And now we want to share that with others so that they get it and then they can spread their message. And this continues to grow. So self-esteem is about what can we do together? Ego is about me. Yeah. I just care about me. So that's where, you know, I have a t-shirt that I designed that's we over me. Because I want this message that we can do this together. You know, I wear a mask when I go out in public because I want to protect you. Right. That's why I wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You know, selfishly, people are like, I don't need to wear a mask. <laughs> no, I do it for yeah. you. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like being on the airplane. One of the first things we hear is, you know, if there's an emergency and the pressure drops, the masks are going to fall, mm -hmm. put your own mask on first right. before you help others. Yeah. And that's a self-esteem thing. Ego says, I'm going to put my own mask on and screw you. I don't mm -hmm. care what happens to you. As long as I have a mask, I'm okay. But the self-esteem thing is what can I do to help those around me? But I need to do mine first. Right. Take care of yourself. Yep. So can you go into some of the obstacles you, you wrote about? Um, there were um, obstacles that you need to overcome to work towards self-esteem. And one of those being telling yourself that you can't. Oh, absolutely. One of my theories is that I think we would all agree that life gives us hurdles. But I believe that what we do is we take those hurdles and turn them into walls. And a wall is much more difficult to get over than a hurdle is. And we put up those walls with simple words like can't, hmm. such as I can't quit drinking. I mean, how many times did you say that? Right. I can't quit doing cocaine. I can't. As soon as we tell ourselves we can't, we've just put this huge obstacle there. I can't lose these last 10 pounds. I can't ask my boss for a raise. I can't get a better job. I can't get out of this unhealthy relationship. When we say can't, we're putting this block there. It's not that I can't. It's usually I'm afraid to. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what to. I, it's not that I can't quit drinking. It's I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I do. I don't know what my life is going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be better than it is now, or I can't lose these last ten pounds. The question is, do I really want to? Mm. You know, I live in Orlando. I'm in the land of you know Mickey bars and churros. Mm -hmm. 
and it's really, really hard to, to lose that extra weight, and especially as I get older. So am I willing to do what it takes? So it's not that I can't. Of course I can. Am I really willing to do it? And is it okay to answer no? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Oh, so if yeah. I don't, because I, I might not want to now, and yes. that's just being honest, I guess. Exactly. And that's the thing, being totally honest about it. It's like, I don't want to do it yet. There you go. You know, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, but not right now. Yep. And sometimes but, it's a good reason for that too. Maybe there's, there's other things going on in your life you need to pay attention to. Exactly. Exactly. So again, if your best friend came to you and said, you know, I really want to lose some weight, but God, I really want that ice cream right now. Yeah. Would you say, oh my God, you're so fat. I can't believe that you're even <laughs> thinking about having ice cream. What are you doing? We wouldn't do that. No. We'd say, that's okay. You know what? I'll go have some ice cream with you maybe next week. How about on Monday? We'll start. Or yeah. you know what? Monday's a stressful. Let's start on Tuesday. Yeah. So we be kind and gentle to our best friend. That's what we need to start doing to ourselves. So getting rid of that can't. Another one that I watch a lot of people do is the should. Yeah. I should exercise more. I should quit drinking. I should do this. I should do that. We should, should, should. All we end up doing is shitting all over ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, one of those crappy fun. old timers when I was starting out told me not to say should in meetings. Exactly. Because I was saying yeah. should this, should that, should that. And mm-hmm. so I've kind of stopped since then. Yeah. See, and it works. <laughs> yeah. Because again, then you have the opportunity to be more honest yeah. with yourself. I yeah. should exercise more. Well, again, do I really want to? Yeah. 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 And when you're ready to do that, you will. Yeah. By giving yourself permission, being gentle with yourself, being kind, treating yourself like a friend rather than an enemy. Mm-hmm. It, it'll, it opens up more doors. I also thought it was funny when you uh, wrote about um, asking the audience to try to raise their hands. Yeah. <laughs> so try to raise their arms. Yeah. Yeah, and, and most and people would raise their arm, right? But right, that but, they do. And I say raise raise your arm, and they all do. And then I'll say, okay, now try to raise your arm. And they look at me weird. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean try? And I'm like, exactly. You either do it or you, you don't. don't. I think try is the most dangerous of the obstacle words. <laughs> okay. And we use it so often. Yeah. And and it becomes a crutch and a shield that we put up to keep from taking a hundred percent of responsibility. Well, I tried. Oh, yeah. well, I tried. Or yeah. I'll try to be there on time. You know, when someone <laughs> says I'll try to be there on time, right, they're not going to make it. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So try is another one of those obstacle words that we need to get rid of. And, and the best example of this is Yoda from star Wars. When Luke's like, I'm trying. And Yoda said, no, there is do or do not. not. There is no try. I remember thinking, whoa, wisdom from a Muppet. That is so cool. (laughs) But he's so right. You know, you don't try to raise your arm. You do it or you don't. And I don't know about you, but there have been times where I have put everything I have into something. I Mm. did my very best, 100%, and it didn't work out. I didn't try. I did my best, and it didn't work out. And at the time, I was devastated. But now, looking back, I realize what the lessons were along the way, and I was able to move beyond it, learn from that, and grow from it. You know, one of the other differences between ego and self-esteem is one: the same thing can happen to two people. One of the people, it, one of the one of them, is humiliated. The other one is humbled. Mm. So the difference between humiliated and humbled is, is it impacting your ego 
or is it going to build your self-esteem? You know, the person who is big in ego is humiliated by something. Oh my God, what are people going to think? Uh How is this going to look? But yet with humility, it's about, wow, that makes sense. I really made a bad mistake. That makes sense. So it doesn't happen again. Wow, that is really the best description I ever heard about the difference between humili- being humiliated and having hum- humility. Yeah, so I used to hear that in meetings a lot. I used to hear that in meetings a lot, but that, that, there is a significant difference. I like Huge that. Huge difference. Ego and self-esteem. It yeah. all comes down to, the, you know, and, and I talk about this a lot too. When I look at addiction and eating disorders and bullying and domestic violence, you know, those are all symptoms of a greater social issue, which is a lack of self-esteem. Mm, mm-hmm. When you have high self-esteem, you don't want to drink yourself silly. You don't want to beat up your partner. You're not going to starve yourself. So it all comes down to a lack of self-esteem. And when we can grow that self-esteem, and this is why, you know, I'm working with someone right now to put a curriculum together for middle school and high school students, because we need to teach this to kids early on. Mm -hmm. Because bullying goes away when you raise self-esteem. If you have high self-esteem, you have no need. You know, ego is about you feel small and you need to knock other people down to be smaller than you in order for you to feel big. Yep, the bullies have low self-esteem. Exactly. So if we can raise their self-esteem, now they're supporting people rather than hurting them. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an interesting way to look at that too. And what about the um, if-onlys? Uh, if only I was, if only I had more money, if only I had a better job, if only my relationship was better, if only, if only sets us up to look outside of ourselves for the solutions. Yeah. Oh, if only I had this, if I, you know, I heard a saying one time that there always appears better than here, mm. but when our here become when our there becomes a here, we simply obtain another there, which again seems better than here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you followed that or not. I think I did. <laughs> I think I did. You know, self-esteem is about being okay with who you are right now. Right. You know, the if onlys are about looking at outside things in order to, if only I was there, I'd be happy. If only I had this, I'd be okay. If only that happened, then my life would mean something. Well, well no, it, it's taking control of that and, and learning how to be okay with where you are, who you are, and wanting to move forward. Yeah. So when you overcome these obstacles, let's talk about the other section of your book where you're actually um, um, writing about um, the the building self-esteem and you look at, you know, four different areas of, mm-hmm. of that you, that you work on, uh, which all seem to make sense. Would you mind kind of going through that? Oh, absolutely. I believe that we are four different parts. We are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual beings. And just like we talk about exercising and nourishing the physical self with what kind of food we eat, how we exercise, um, how we sleep, All of those things impact our physical self and how healthy we are, how much energy we have. You know, if I wake up in the morning and I have, you know, a bag of M&Ms and a Snickers bar and five cups of coffee and an energy drink, and then I go to work and I have another Snickers bar and a couple Cokes and, you know, how healthy am I being? Not very. Right. So when we nourish our physical self in a healthier way, 
we feel better and have more energy. Same with exercise, finding something, whether it's walking or yoga, or, you know, I found a great gym called Nine Round, which is this kickbox place. And I love my Nine Round workouts. And that's what works for me. But find something that works for you. And once you can do that one, and I like starting with the physical because people can visualize that. Mm -hmm. But what I also talk about is that people need to nourish and exercise their mental self and their emotional self and their spiritual self. You know, even for people who for people who are agnostic or, or atheist, you know, I talk about the spiritual, but it's not talking necessarily about God. I mean, if that works for you, great. But I look at that spiritual energy as kind of like being an outlet in the wall. Mm -hmm. It just sits there on its own. But when we plug into it, we get all the energy we need. So it's finding a way spiritually to connect to that energy. But the one that people seem to have the most difficult time with is the emotional. Is that I really feel like we live in a society of emotional anorexics. You know, people do not know how to feel their feelings. And we've been taught from a very young age to deny those. That was a really interesting discussion in your book when you talked about both how men and women are raised differently and Mm -hmm. how they deal with their emotions. Exactly. I mean, what are we raised with as men? You know, big boys don't cry. That's right. Suck it up. That's right. You know, get that look. No, you you don't be, don't cry. What are you, a little girl? Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. And isn't it a great release to actually cry? I'll oh. catch myself sometimes. I'll watch a movie and something will touch me. And it's so weird. I'll start crying, but I immediately stop. I immediately stop. I just can't help it. I stop it. But it, it feels good initially. It feels like I feel a release. I feel, I feel something coming out of me that needed to come out. But I do have this natural instinct to want to stop it. And it was just because the, the way that I was raised, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but it does, there's something about that, that there's just a release. There's something that's coming out that needs to come out. Absolutely. And there's probably more that you're stopping. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. If you're watching that movie with your best friend and your best friend is crying, are you going to wait 15 seconds and say, hey, hey, hey. Stop. No, no, no. No. No, no I know. I just need to sometimes just let it go. Let it flow. Yes. Yeah. So find that movie. Because for me, the movie, I, I'm a huge Marvel fan. <laughs> really? so Endgame at the end when, I hope this isn't a spoiler for anyone, when Iron Man dies. Okay. And I mean, I sob like a baby. I've watched it probably 30 times and every single time I cry the other day I'm sitting there I'm crying and my wife walks into the room she can't see the TV yet she's like are you watching Endgame again? yes I just died and it's amazing how much better I feel when I allow myself to have my feelings Yeah, you know another Disney movie Inside Out Oh God, Disney made some really sad movies. It was mind-blowing to me. When Joy finally realized that sadness has a place, Uh it's important to give sadness room to do what sadness does rather than bottling everything up. Mm. Get to know your sadness. Be okay with it. You know, it's, it's such a beautiful gift that we were given to have all of these feelings and when we allow ourselves to have the real feelings and not turn, you know, a lot of us guys, we turn our sadness and our hurt into anger because we're allowed to have our anger. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you say something that hurts my feelings, I say, man, you piss me off. You say that again, I'm going to take you out. 
rather than saying, hey, that really hurt my feelings and I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't talk to me that way anymore. And women are just the opposite. Oh, women. Oh, so many women are raised don't have your anger. You know, you get that look on yeah. your face, young lady. And society still years. does that to them. Society still does that to them. You'll, yes. you'll see that sometimes, that, that men, it's okay uh, to be angry, but women cannot be. Exactly, exactly. And I believe that anger is a human dignity. Anger is a way of saying, no, it's not okay for you right. to talk to me that way. Yeah. No, it's not okay to touch me that way. Right. No. Right. Now, I'm not advocating violence. No. I think anger is an emotion. Violence is an action. Gotcha. So I, I definitely am a huge proponent of the emotion of anger. It's, it's a beautiful emotion mm. when it doesn't over control things, right. but not violence. Violence is, is never an, it's right. not a, violence is not good for self-esteem. No, no. And for women, it comes out as sadness or they'll cry. Right. They will turn their anger into sadness because they're allowed to cry. So someone will do something to them that makes them angry and say, I'm really mad at you. I can't believe you said that. I'm so mad. It's like, um, why are you crying then? Mm. So be okay with your anger and having that empowered anger feeling of that's not okay. You just stepped on one of my boundaries and I'm not okay with that. So yeah, it's, it's self-esteem comes from empowerment. Mm -hmm. So the more we do to exercise and nourish those four parts of self, we are more empowered and we feel better about who we are and where we fit in the world. And, and we can do anything. I mean, even me, I'm a druggie and a drunk who can't even deliver a pizza. <laughs> and today I'm an author and a speaker and a life coach. Wow. How do you go from one to the other? Yeah. And it's, it's self-esteem. It's learning how to feel good about who you are, letting yourself make mistakes, treating yourself like your best friend, pick yourself up and move forward. Yeah. I think that this is, I think that this is really helpful for people that are in recovery, even if you're not in recovery, but particularly for people that are in recovery. And you know, what's kind of nice about your book too, you also have a work, a workbook um, section that, that <laughs> kind of help people kind of work through this kind of stuff. Exactly. And I would actually recommend it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, I got to tell you, I don't even know how many interviews I've been on. I think you're the first one who <laughs> has actually bought and read my book. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I got to tell you, I mean, kudos to you for doing the homework. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And it means a lot. And I'm really honored by that. So thank uh, you for that. Well, you know, I love, I love talking to authors and I, um, I have to read their book. You know, actually, I'm going to talk about this too. Larry, I, I, when Larry King died, they said that he never read the book of the person he interviewed. I think, man, how can you not? How can you not do that? Anyway, for me, I, um, it's fun. I enjoy talking to someone who wrote a book about their book. I mean, what what greater? I mean, it's just reading a book. Mm -hmm. I like to read, but to mm -hmm. actually talk to the person who wrote it is to yeah. me a great joy. So yeah. I love doing that. Um, cool. Good and fortunately, you know. your book is a, is a short book. It was easy, yeah. you know, so, and it was, and it was really topical for, for what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, let me add this, because when I was talking to people about, you know, I'm writing this book and people would tell me, oh, you have to make it like three or 400 pages. Mm. And I'm like, what? No. Yeah. No. That's what really gives it that girth, you know, on the bookshelf and you got to, and I'm thinking that is such an ego thing. That is exactly what I'm not talking about. Yeah. 
I want to, I don't want fluff in there. I want to just give the information. And then someone else said, well, you need to do a workbook and sell the workbook. I'm like, but the workbook is like two pages. It's like eight <laughs> questions. Let me just put it at the end of the right, book. Right. So, you know, I really feel like my life is a gift. I should have been dead a thousand times. And I think that one of the reasons why I'm still here is to share this message. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I did a workshop on the ego cleanse and someone's like, oh, put it online and you can sell it for blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know what? People are really hurting right now. I'm going to put it online for free. Yeah. So if they go to my website, they can click on the link and they can see the ego cleanse presentation. The whole thing is right there. So, These are really interesting times that we're in now for this last year. Yeah. Um, you know, not being able to connect physically with people, um, mm-hmm. the isolation, speaking through a screen. Yeah. It's it's really a bizarre bizarre time, and it wears on me. I got to admit, you know, it's it's me it's too. a it's a tough time. Um, and I'm glad the weather's getting nicer because that's one thing you can do nowadays. You can do stuff outside, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting my bike out and, and, and riding again, um, just to see something outside of my neighborhood. But it's, these are really (laughs) difficult times for sure. They are. And again, that's why it's so important to be gentle with yourself right now. Mm -hmm. And now is a time to build a puzzle, to read those books that you didn't read. You know, I hear a lot of people say I'm bored. Well, boredom is one of the tools of the ego. Okay. Because when you, you know, and I've said this and it's kind of like, boom, but the world is not here to entertain you. (laughs) You need to go find the things to entertain yourself. Yeah. I have, I'm socially isolated, but I'm never bored. There's always something to do. I can go for a walk around the neighborhood, play with my dog, read a book, build a puzzle watch Endgame again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many things I can't, I've watched so many really good shows on Netflix. Right. I love, I can run through three seasons in an <laughs> right. afternoon. It's great. Right. So finding things, be more creative with finding ways to entertain yourself. And now is a time, you know, I, I said this a while ago, if you're not able to go outside, go inside. Mm. Now is the time to work on yourself and really improve these things. So when we do get back together again, you know, we're able to do it healthier. People go, oh, my God, you look great. What did you do? It's like, well, I raised my self-esteem. Yeah. So, you know, those are things that people can do now. And one of the things I really wish they would have done at the beginning, rather than call it social distancing, <laughs> yeah. it needed to be physical distancing. Because oh, we need to be socially connected. That's so true. Isn't that that is a weird word, social yeah. distancing? Yeah. You know, we started a live stream um, right right when we had to do this, and we called it sober distancing. <laughs> Just a little, <laughs> sober distancing. We're That's staying good. sober at a distance. Yeah, but it's but we but, need to be physically distant, right? Socially, but not socially. I talked to a friend, I I got this notice on LinkedIn. It was from someone that I haven't talked to in probably four years. I was like, oh my God, I wonder how he's doing. So I sent him an email and today we actually talked to each other. And it was so great to socially connect. Right. Yeah, that is so right. That is a bad term. Connect with people. And you know, it is, and even in the recovery community, um, people are finding unique ways to connect with each Mm -hmm. other, you know, using Zoom meetings and all this kind of stuff. 
And it's really kind of, in some ways, it's um, it's been very helpful because people from different parts of the world, different parts of the country, who might not have ever known each other before, yes. are now are now meeting each other, and they're um, and and they get new information and ideas that they wouldn't have got otherwise. So there mm-hmm. is some positive that's coming out of it, and some people love it. You know, some people love this this interaction like this too so absolutely and that's another thing you know self-esteem is about finding gratitude Mm. you know we can complain about all of the things we don't have yeah but let's look at the things you know i look at the gifts of of the pandemic that have happened in my life people that i've been able to meet because we're kind of forced to do this zoom and this online thing and that's why someone said why don't you go and and be a guest on some podcasts and here's Mm -hmm. this guy you can help you get on him i'm like okay and i've met some incredible people and in fact um on march 20th i don't know if you mind me plugging oh please do i want you to Mm -hmm. i'm doing a program called esteem fest And it's something that I've been planning for a long time. And originally, and in the future, I'll be doing in-person weekend-long events called Esteem Fest, where I'm going to bring in speakers, and we can take a break from the speakers and do meditation over in this room, and a yoga program over here, and some breathing, and take a walk with some people, and smoke, and just do a whole weekend of building self-esteem, culminating with on Sunday, doing an inner child play date at the Magic Kingdom. Oh, how, how about that? Would that? Yeah, be? it would be cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. But the first one we're going to do online on March 20th. Um, so uh, I'm just starting, actually, Monday, we're going to start doing all the social media and all this stuff for it. Okay. So you're getting the sneak preview. Cool. So if people go to esteemfest.com, um, they'll get more information about Esteem Fest for. Uh, this one and for future events that we're going to be holding. I'm going to let people know about that. Uh, we, we do, like I say, we do a live stream every Friday. So, I, and I'm going to let oh, our live cool. stream, I'll let our live stream people know. And I'll let all of uh, the people in our um, social uh, media, Facebook groups oh, and everything. Thank know. You. Yeah. Um, people will like that. Uh, this this is a topic of interest to uh, people in recovery, as you know, you know, and it's just yes. odd that we never really talked about it here. I, and, and now it's time. <laughs> yeah. So <It's> time. <laughs> what, are there any other projects you got going on that you'd like to talk about? Or is there a website that people should visit to learn more about you and, and what you're working on? Yeah. If people go to randyspeaks.com, that's where you can get the workshop, the free workshop. Uh, there's a link to my book. I also have uh, a lot of different products, t-shirts and coffee mugs. Um, on Redbubble, I started a shop called The Esteem, Esteem Shop, and it's all one word. Mm. And I have a shirt that says best friend with an arrow pointed up. Oh, cool. <laughs> I also have the We Over Me um I can't think of it. Oh, love yourself. I mean, I have a lot of products and coffee mugs and journals and all kinds of things to help people get that empowerment Okay. because it's all about, I help you, you help someone else, that person. And, and it becomes a ripple effect. And we need to start talking about self-esteem because that's the one thing that's lacking more than anything else out there. And when we can raise that consciousness of esteem, then all the other problems lessen. Yeah. Well, Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I've enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed your book. Um, you. I will follow you and I will make sure that uh, people who listen to this podcast and are part of my our community um, know about what you're doing. And uh, actually, I think we're going to talk about self-esteem on our um, live stream tomorrow too. So Cool. 
All right. If you if I can help out with that, let me know. I will. Yeah. That's another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support our podcast with recurring monthly contributions, head on over to patreon.com slash beyondbeliefsobriety or become a member of our YouTube channel. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, then visit our website beyondbeliefsobriety.com and click on the donate button. I do appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety.